Well, today I want to speak to you about the power and the importance of mountaintop experiences. Mountaintop experiences. In the end of 1996, uh, Danielle and I headed to an annual conference that we were we we were be, began to go to. It was called Ozfire. Later became Presence, uh, and we had a, a mountaintop experience. We had a burning bush moment at this conference. We we didn't go thinking that's what's going to happen. We didn't go with an expectation that our lives' direction would be shifted in a moment. We just went because we were hungry for God, and we went because we wanted to meet with God, and we wanted a fresh inspiration, and we wanted to get into an atmosphere where we'd be enlarged. But, but what happened for us, and if you've been in our church for more than five minutes, you'll have heard me refer to this moment in our life. Uh, we, we had the, the blank piece of paper moment. This moment was a moment where a preacher shared a message about surrendering your life to God and, and what it would look like if God really had full control of your life. What would it look like if God really was the Lord, not just your Savior, and you let Him t- take the direction of your life. And so He asked us to sign an imaginary blank piece of paper as a, a contract with God and that God would then fill the details of the contract in over the years to come. That was the most expensive contract I've ever signed. Uh, that, that is the most rewarding contract as well in that sense because together for us as we signed that, uh, every, every year it seems that God comes and adds another line to that contract. And, it's kind of, and for us it's like, oh, that's right, we, we, it's not really our choice here. We already signed this. We already surrendered our life to God. And it was a, it was a signature moment for Danielle and I that became a, 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 a course correction for us in our lives. A few months earlier, I'd already told the pastor of this church, and we, were, we, weren't, uh, we weren't pastors or in leadership at that moment, I'd already told the pastor of this church, our call is business. Uh, I'm not really called to work for the church, I'm called to business. And so I'd kind of made that decision in my heart, and then God got me. In a moment, God convicted us to surrender, not knowing what that would look like. And then what happened in the next two years is suddenly uh, we became assistant pastors in the church. Uh, Suddenly it was announced that our founding pastors were moving to Canada to start the first C3 church. And suddenly, before we knew it, that blank piece of paper had senior minister of Way of the Sea Christian Church, as we were known then, in, in the contract. And I love those moments. I love uh, having those mountaintop experiences where you climb the mountain and, and, and kind of set some time aside to be with God. So when we became the senior pastors of our church very early on, we determined that we would uh, have an annual conference uh, because not everybody could get to Sydney to go to an annual conference. And so we would make it part of the, the rhythm of the life of our church that, that every year we'd set aside some time so that we could, we could deliberately uh, set an environment for people to uh, encounter God in a fresh way, for people to hear God prophetically for their future, for people to, to have supernatural breakthroughs. And what started for us as launch conference over the Australia Day weekend, then moved to the end of July, became Powerhouse Conference before uh, our church was seen through Powerhouse, became Powerhouse Conference. And that's, that's been something that we've been doing and I, fo- I foresee being a key component of our church life for uh, years to come. Now, here's, here's the thing. 
Mountaintop experiences can be twofold. And today I want to talk about what I believe are two converging mountaintop experiences for us. So Melbourne, you've already heard that we're kicking off a 21-day fast tomorrow as a church. And everybody said? Oh, I can, I can feel that nervous enthusiasm. Okay, get through those first few days, baby, and you're going to be good. It's going to be okay. And we're praying together and we're seeking God. But, but for many people, this 21-day this fast will be in itself a mountain day experience. For many people, and it will feel like we're climbing, but it will, there will be things that will happen over these next 21 days where God will do things in your heart and my heart that wouldn't have happened unless you'd set yourself to seek His face, unless you'd set yourself uh, to push towards Him. And so I want to talk a little bit around uh, both. I feel like it's a double anointing experience. So for many of us, and my encouragement would be today, uh, engage in the fast and begin to build expectation for Powerhouse Conference. Now, Melbs, I know that some of you are going to be able to come up. I know not all of you will be able to come up, but, but I'm hoping today, if the Holy Spirit is prompting you to make some changes and to get on an airplane, I'm praying that you'll listen to the prompt of the Spirit of God and set yourself up for a mountaintop experience. Uh, the, the whisper to my heart last night as I was praying about this for some people in Melbourne is don't wait for the perfect timing where your whole family can come. Some of you, it might be just the husband or the, the wife or the mother or the father. This is your year and you can just send one off to come and have a, an experience with God and to bring that back to your family. So if it doesn't work perfectly for your whole family, maybe one of you could come and have that experience. And so this is what I want. What I'm believing for uh, with the double whammy. If I was going to have a different, if I was going to have a, a different message title for today instead of mountaintop experiences, it would be the double whammy. The double whammy. All right. Turn to your neighbour and say the double whammy is for you. Turn to your other neighbour and go. I've got no idea what a double whammy is. I don't even know where it came from that expression, but I just know it's a thing. The double whammy is a double portion. It's a, it's a sense uh, that there's, these two things are going to work together. The fast and the conference are going to work together. And I am so excited for what God is going to do in your heart and life over these next oh, four weeks. Four weeks time on Sunday morning, the fast will be over, the conference will be over, and many people you'll have had exactly what you've been believing and praying for over these next little while. So I want to talk about four things uh, that happen with mountaintop experiences or the double whammy of fasting. So if you're just fasting, this, this is you. Or if you're just coming to Powerhouse Conference, this is you. But I want to encourage you to do both for the double whammy. All right, here we go. Number one is fresh encounters. Fresh encounters. We all need fresh encounters with God. Now you might be here today and you've never had one encounter with God. You've never really sensed His presence his closeness, you, you, you know, it's kind of like uh, if I was try, trying to describe to somebody uh, what ice cream tastes like who's never had ice cream. You're like, how do I explain that? It reminds me of a parenthood me uh, movie where they told the kids that it tastes like yogurt just so they wouldn't have it so bad. But the presence of God, an encounter with God, where the living God pours His love into our hearts, 
where His presence washes over us, where supernatural peace comes into our heart, where strength comes into us, where our bodies experience a healing that's impossible with a doctor, but possible with God, where you, you go into a, that meeting place with God, tired and worried and anxious and depressed, and you encounter God and you walk out of that place strong and focused and with a sense of purpose that wasn't there before you walked in to that place. This is what fresh encounters does. You might be here today and you've never surrendered your life to God. You might be watching online. Maybe you're in Melbourne sitting in the room and you've never connected with God in a personal way. Your, fresh, your first fresh encounter could be today. Surrendering to God, a God who knows your name, a God who cares about you desperately, who's got great plans for you, but He's waiting for you to surrender. Today could be the beginning of a fresh encounter with you and a series of encounters that will be life-changing. Now it's said, and I've said, it's said, and you've heard me say this before, that you measure a lifetime in minutes, but you measure a life in moments. And it's the moments, it's the beautiful moments. It's the, I was in Indonesia this week, I was sitting on a beach with a whole lot of pastors, watching the sunset go down, eating fresh fish and celebrating together. And it was a moment uh, that, that just is like, oh, this is, this is awesome, this is holy, this is sacred. Sacred hospitality with a group of people laying their lives down for God. And that's a moment that, that will stay in my heart. And moments, it's the moments in our life that change us. It's the moments in our life that set direction for us. It's the moments in our life that enrich us. And so I, I believe in spending a lot of time preparing for great moments. Yesterday, uh, Jay and Katrina's daughter, Grace, got married. And, you know, I know because we've got two getting married in the next four months. Money's going out the window. It's exciting. <laughs> my my soon-to-be daughter-in-law, Lydia's there going, yes, this is awesome. But we're, we're, there's a lot of preparation um, coming towards, you know, what's going to be all over in four or five hours. Why is that? Sam, what are we doing all this work for to get married and, and, and pre preparation and money? Why? Because moments matter. Moments of significant transitions from, from one person's responsibility to another. Moments that set up our future together. We, t we plan and we prepare because moments matter. And so we're preparing and we're fasting and we're setting ourselves with expectation because we want to have fresh encounters with God. When I was a child of seven years old, I got prayed for to be baptized in the Holy Spirit by your mom, who ended up starting this church and becoming the pastors of this church. And I believe that moments that will matter aren't just for adults, they're for your kids. Get your kids into Powerhouse Conference. Get your, your, your little crazies into Powerhouse Conference. Get your teenagers into an atmosphere. That's why I love, we spend all this energy getting our youth to youth camps because those moments matter. And conference will be like a youth camp for our youth together. Moments matter. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit because someone prepared and got ready and fasted and believed. It wasn't me, but I just was the beneficiary of somebody else preparing. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says, Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Three categories of people right there. If you determine to wait on God, and really fasting is waiting on God. 
Fasting is saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop going on that TikTok thing for a whole lot of time. Come on, somebody. I'm going to jump off the gram for a little while or, or I'm going to, you know, stop that Netflix program for a little while or, or maybe whatever it might be for you. I'm, I'm going to put that on pause so that I can wait on God. I was looking at the average time uh, young men spend in gaming. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. Some averaging four or five hours a day. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, no judgment here. Just let the Holy Spirit do His thing. Anyway, so just wait on God. Just what am I going to stop so that I can wait on God? Because here's what the Bible promises. When I do wait on God, three categories of people. If you're tired and weary right now, then you'll be able to get up and walk. They shall walk and not faint. If you're walking and you're doing all right, but you're still tired, Bible says when you wait, you'll be able to run and not grow weary. Some of you are running, you're like, I'm doing pretty good. I don't really need much extra. And this is where the Bible says, well, those who wait on the Lord will renew, they'll mount up with wings as eagles. You're going to fly. You're going to soar. But what's the key to that? It's the waiting on God. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Too often I've found personally and I've talked to people who've thought they just need that three-week holiday lying on the beach, doing nothing, sipping cocktails and mocktails, and then that will renew their strength. And I've found that that's important. Not for the next three weeks. <laughs> that, that might be a word for three people right now. It's important to have time out. It's important to, to, to let your body and soul refresh free from responsibilities. But here's what I found. Too often people thought that that would be the silver bullet that would fix their, their strength problems, their weariness problems, their tiredness problems. And we live from holiday to holiday. If I just can get to a holiday, just can get to a holiday, then I'll be all good. And then people come back from a holiday and they're like, Oh, it didn't fix me. You know what it is? It's because first, before you're a physical person, you're a spiritual being. And we need strength for our spirit from God. We need encounters. We need fresh encounters with God that will renew our spirit. If your spirit's alive and strong and filled, you'll find your soul has energy and your body gets strengthened. They're all important, but don't mistake one for the other. I was at a national conference this year, this C3 Australia Pastors Conference, and I, I personally try to get into two or three different environments a year when I'm, where I'm not responsible, where I'm not the leader. And I was in this conference, and I, I had a fresh encounter with God. And it, was, it, it didn't happen in one meeting. It happened over a few meetings. And this is what happens when you get into a conference environment. God begins to do something in the first meeting and then he begins to unpack it. And I found myself because we had prayer meetings and we had uh, times of worship and we had preaching and then I'm back in the room having my own time with God. And I found myself over a period of, of probably 48 hours just having an encounter with Jesus that was so beautiful where he came and, and he, he identified a disappointment that had got into my soul that I was unaware of. And he just came and, and like the Lord, like he just ministered to me. And I felt this big well of grief come up out of my, out of my soul. And it was kind of the picture he gave me. I saw a picture of me and Jesus, like Jesus ministering to Peter on the, on the beach and cooking him breakfast and just ministering to him. And, and I found the Lord ministering to me as, as, as I just, I would pray and then seek God. And then I was in this meeting 
meeting and, and it's kind of, the preacher was preaching one thing, but God was saying something else to me. At the end of the night, I just felt like weeping. And then I went home, went to bed. I got up at four in the morning because I was just woken up by God. And I, I began to journal out all this stuff. And I just had a fresh encounter with God. Now, here's the awesome thing. The lightness that came to my soul from a fresh encounter from God has sustained me. That was in May. I'm, I'm still feeling it. I'm still, it's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You're so kind to me to visit me and to, and to, to have an encounter with me. And I needed that. And I want to say it again. Holidays are good, but a holiday wouldn't have done that. Because sometimes what you need more than anything is a fresh encounter with God. I'm praying for you and I as we fast that we'll have fresh encounters with God in the nighttime, that we'll be woken by God, we'll have dreams, that He'll speak to us, that He'll, he'll, he'll encounter us. And then out of that, when we come into Powerhouse Conference, we'll have the double whammy. Come on, you'll get into that place. And over that period of time, you'll look back as I'm looking back now uh, to 1996. What is that? Six, uh, 20. Six years ago, you'll look back, some people at this July 2022 in 26 years time and go, God did something in my life in that season because I set myself to seek Him and looked for an encounter with God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need a fresh encounter. Come on, in the, in the chat, those of you who are online, you need a fresh encounter. Those of you who are in Melbourne, come on, turn to someone who's got three jackets on and say, you need a fresh encounter. Fantastic. The second thing that happens when we have mountaintop experiences, what I like to call recalibration. Recalibration. Recalibration is, you know, it happens in multiple ways. Uh, uh, maybe sometimes uh, some scales that, that I would use in my workplace because of overuse would need to be reset that, and, and so that they're recalibrated back to the correct thing. I feel like the speedo in my car needs to be recalibrated because I get these letters in the mail and they just they don't seem to line up with how fast I feel like I'm going and I'm not quite sure but probably it's probably not my speedo it's probably that gun they're using I reckon is just a little bit out of whack probably it needs recalibrating Mark Burrell if you could have a word for me to some people that would be fantastic recalibrating sometimes uh, your, your watch needs recalibrating because it's got out of time sometimes a compass needs recalibrating because what you think is north is no longer north and sometimes in our life we need uh, we need to reset some things because we've drifted off course we need a course correction sometimes we've got into habits that are bad habits just living life in, in our normal way and so when we begin to fast and when we begin to step back from, from those things and when we begin to press more into the presence of God, the, the voice of God starts to whisper and say, hey, uh, you need some recalibration around the way you talk about other people. You need some recalibration around the gossip that you're, you're like, that's not gossip, I'm just sharing news. Oh, gossip, okay, okay, if it's not helpful. I, I need to recalibrate. I need to, and the recalibration often comes where God comes and says, this is my standard and this is where you are. You need to repent and just lift the way you're living and you recalibrate. And we all need, this is why I believe once a year to have a fast is an opportunity for us to reset the way we do life, to reset our priorities, to reset the things that are important, to reset our habits. Uh, last year for me, I know, and I love this, the 21-day fast, we, we were kind of, you know, coming out of, 
the, the land of COVID and lockdowns. And, and I won't even say lockdowns too loud, Melbourne, because I know it, it triggers PTSD for you guys. But... But we're coming out of that and, and so we hadn't really had a long fast. We figured the pain of lockdown was enough for our fasting for the previous two years. And so we set uh, 21 days and, and, you know, about halfway through it, I'm like, I remember why we fast. This is awesome. This is resetting me into certain habits and actually it reset me into, into fasting many Thursdays throughout the year from, from the morning until dinner. I would just fast because I, I reset a habit in my life. I recalibrated something that, that just, you know, I got lazy and, and not used to and I was needed to repent and reset my focus to live the way God's called me to live. And many of us will need to maybe start some new habits maybe drop off some bad habits, maybe reset some priorities, or maybe we're measuring things wrong. When, you, when we live in this Western world, we, we start to get our priorities and success measurements by not necessarily the way God thinks. And so success may be defined as something in the business world first. And then God says, well, that true success is how you are with me and then with your wife and then with your children. That's true success. That should be further down the order. And you go, oh, uh, it's just I got trapped. I got caught up. I, I began to think differently about priorities. And God comes and he prompts us and says, you need to reset your priorities, recalibrate what's important. Don't elbow anybody right now while you're in your seat. Third thing I love about mountaintop experiences is prophetic vision. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14, uh, Abraham, uh, God's taking him out of the old and he's, he's following God, he's obeying God, and he wants to take him into a promised land, a physical land that God's going to give him. And so he takes him and his nephew Lot up a mountain and Lot chooses the land that he wants. And it says in 13, verse 14, after Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, Look as far as you can see in every direction, north, south, east, and west. And he goes on and says, the land that you can see, I'm going to give to you. This is the thing about vision that God wants to put into your heart and my heart. Guys, this is, the vi this is about vision. God's got, he's got vision. He's got land for you to take, both physical and metaphorical. He's got places, for, uh, things, things for you to achieve. He's got ground for you to take. But often we don't see it because we're caught up in the day-to-days. And we're like, yeah, I've got to do this, and yeah, I've got to do that, and yeah, I've got to do this. And we're, we're just we're head down, butt up, living life, staying busy, four kids, school's going on, this is happening, work, three jobs. You're, you're, just, you're in the grind of life. And God's kind of going, excuse me, I've got something awesome up ahead for you. And you're like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Just head down, you're into it. He says, I want to show you what's ahead of you. I want to give you a sense of what I've planned for you. The Bible says, eye has not seen nor ear heard what God has prepared for those who love him. And God wants to take us in certain moments up a mountain so we can say, I've prepared this for you. I've gone before you. I've got this for you up ahead. I want you to get your head out of the sand right now. And I want you to see. I want you to prepare your spirit by fasting so your spirit gets strong, so you're tuned. You don't need someone to prophesy over you. I will prophesy over you, says the Lord. I will give you a vision and speak to your heart. 
And we've got to get into that kind of place. And this happened for me, and I've shared the story about a few years ago in a conference when Jensen Franklin was preaching, and I'm minding my own business. I'm there wanting to encounter God. We've talked about over, over 20 years um, planting 10 locations for our church in multiple cities. We talked about Melbourne being one of those one day. In my mind, number six or number seven. We'll kind of work it out, and then somewhere in the 2030s, we'll plant, uh, we'll plant a church in Melbourne. I'm sitting in this meeting, and Jensen Franklin's preaching. He's not preaching about planting a church in Melbourne, for goodness sake. He's preaching about being open to what God's got for you. He's preaching about miracles that are happening in his life. And I'm sitting there and the Holy Spirit's going, Melbourne's next. Melbourne's the first one. Melbourne's the one you're going to plant. That's the one. My, and by the end of this message, I'm sobbing in my seat. Why? Because of the weight of the presence and glory of God has come on me in this meeting. And it's undeniable that God's saying, I want you to plant a church in Melbourne. I want that to be the first location that you plant now. And as I'm, as I'm there and I pull my phone out and I have a Google map moment with God, I got a rhema word from Google. Who knew? I pull out my phone and I'm like, I knew, we always knew one day we'll be in the east and Ringwood jumps out at me and I've, I've never been to Ringwood. I don't know anything about Ringwood. And I'm like, God, what? How is this coming? It's like, that's what I want you to do. Why? Would I have got that in my morning quiet time? No. Head down. What have I got on today? That's right. God, I need your help with that meeting today. God, I need your help with this today. Oh, I'm focused on the now. But what we've got to do is let God, and this is what you're doing while you fast. You're saying, God, let's, let's diminish the distractions. Let's minimize the stuff that's pulling us away from your purpose for us. Let's get our mind into your game and what you've got for us. Let's prepare our heart so that, one, so that when we get to this conference and Mark Varakis is preaching a message that's anointed by God, you're going to be sitting there and God's going to be saying, well, I've got this for you and I've got that for you and I've got this for you. And you're like, no way. Really? Yes. Like Peter, he says, surely not. You're going to go and eat this kind of food and the Gentiles, it's going to open up and go crazy. He's like, surely not. Are you ready for your surely not moment? You're like, no, I like the train tracks I've got my life on. Come on. I want you to pre-sign some blank piece of paper to get ready for what God might be wanting to say to you, what he might be wanting to prepare you for, for prophetic vision. You get up onto a mountain. Three things I've talked about. I'm going to talk about one more. Fresh encounters with God. Get the fire of God on us. Recalibration in our heart and mind to line up with God's ways for us. I, I need a recalibration every now and then. I need to see the, 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 the optometrist. And apparently Cheryl Bird's not here today either. A few weeks ago, Melbourne, I, I, I thought I saw a lady who used to be in our church, a delightful lady called Cheryl Bird. Uh, I wasn't wearing my glasses. I said hello to her in front of everybody. It's awesome to have Cheryl here with us today, and apparently Cheryl wasn't here. Someone needed their eyes recalibrated. I'm glad I can entertain you all. I'm glad. My daughter keeps telling me I need trendy glasses, so now I'm a little insecure about these glasses. But anyway, if you see me wear different glasses, she'll, she will have won. And Toby, you're in on it too, I hear. But anyway, that's okay. Prophetic vision. And then supernatural breakthrough. 
The fourth thing that will happen as we have mountaintop experiences. Can I get the keyboardist come on up right now, please? Jesus, after the disciples had tried to deliver a young boy who was demonized and having, having seizures and fits, they couldn't do it. And so Jesus came and he healed this young boy and delivered him from demons. And this is, they said, why couldn't we cast that, that demon out? Why couldn't we get that boy healed? I don't know what's going on in your world where you're like, why can't we seem to break through on this? Why, why are we always struggling with this? I've got a promise from God. I've got a word from God. And I'm excited to hear when people stand up and give their testimony, genuinely. But frick, I'd love to get up and give my testimony. I think you can say frick, Dan. Is that all right? That's all right. That's just, sorry for those I've offended. Flip. That's a Christian swear word. Flip. Matthew 17, verse 20. So Jesus said to them, it didn't happen because of your unbelief. Next Sunday, we're beginning a three-week series called Authentic Faith. We're going to talk about how Jesus taught about faith. We're going to talk about what you do when what you're believing for and been praying for hasn't yet happened and how you handle that. We're going to talk about the way that we press in for God. So it's going to time with our three weeks fast, Authentic Faith. Jesus said, it's your unbelief. I say to you, if you've got faith as a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there. It will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Except by prayer and fasting. There are some things that normal prayer doesn't shift. There's some things that just one prayer won't fix. Just one fast won't shift. One of my favorite stories about this is Elijah who goes to a mountain and he has a mountaintop experience. He has a showdown with the prophets of Baal. Fire literally comes down from heaven. The nation's been in drought for three and a half years. And fire comes from heaven. He has a great experience. God is vindicated as the God, not Baal, but God is the, the one true God. But Elijah just didn't go to the mountain for a great experience. And I feel like there's some people in our church, you want a great experience, but you don't want it to stop at a great experience. Elijah didn't just want fire from heaven and a victory over the enemy in this, this mountaintop experience. He wanted the drought to be broken. He wanted the rain to come. He wanted to see God move. And so the Bible says he, he got down on his knees after this great victory. The Bible says he put his head between his knees. He didn't even look at the circumstances and he began to pray. He sent his servant over and he's on top of Mount Carmel. I've been on top of Mount Carmel. You can see the ocean. It's a beautiful high mountain in Israel. You can see the ocean and it says his servant went to where he could see and he couldn't see any sign of a cloud. Beautiful blue sky. Elijah doesn't get up and look himself. He just locks in in prayer. Bible says he sends him seven times. Till eventually he goes and he sees a cloud seven times. He'd already said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. 
in my spirit, I've got an answer from God. In my spirit, I've got a prophetic word. In my spirit, I've got God's already spoken to me. So I've got the sound, but I don't just need a great experience. And I don't just need to stop with a prophecy. Because just because you've had a great experience and a prophetic word from God does not mean the drought will break. God says you have to pray it through seven times. When the Bible talks about seven, it's talking about an unlimited amount of times. You're like, oh, does that mean seven days? No, maybe this is the seventh 21-day fast you've spent seeking God. And I want to encourage somebody who gave up three fasts ago on one particular area of supernatural breakthrough to re-stir yourself up and go, God, I am going to stay believing for this either until Jesus comes back, I go to be with you, or you answer my prayer. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to have you find me with my head between my knees in prayer, in the position of seeking God. And I'm going to lock in. I'm not going to write 400 needs I've got. I'm going to lock in on three or four big ones. And I'm going to go, God, come on. What if this is the breakthrough time? What if this is the appointed time by God, July 2022, during a fast at a conference, the double whammy moment where God brings about a breakthrough in a moment? If Joseph can be delivered out of prison to Potiphar's palace as a prime minister in one minute, what can God do in your life in one minute? What can he do to that sickness in one minute? What can he do to that prodigal son or daughter in one minute? What can he do in your business in one minute? He can bring breakthrough, but you've got to press in and believe. Can we close our eyes together right now? I'm going to pray for us, then I'm going to hand back to Dan Frecker in Melbourne. <laughs> Father, would you stir in our hearts? We don't want to rest in unbelief. We don't want to be those who shrink back. We're those who press forward. So Lord, as we set ourselves to begin to fast tomorrow, I'm asking for fresh encounters. I'm asking that you would recalibrate the priorities and habits and focus of our life. I'm asking that you would download prophetic vision, your will, not my will, your plans, not my plans. They're higher than our ways. And I'm asking for supernatural breakthrough. Come on, stir our hearts afresh to believe that all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to her who believes. Let this be a big one for us, God. A double whammy. A season that defines a season. I'm asking for it in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Melbourne, God bless you. I'm handing back to Dan Frecker.